0: And um, she was just saying, like immersing. I did that last time. Immersing, immersing. What is a new word? It's, it's like morsel word. Needs
1: immersing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Welcome to the Finding Your Shine podcast, hosted by best friends Nina Boyce and Liz Garster. Enjoy a dose of Monday motivation each week as we interview people lighting up the communities
1: of health and wellness, spirituality, and personal growth. Wherever you are on your journey to health, happiness, and self-love, our real and authentic conversations with guests will keep you inspired and empowered. And keep you laughing too. Thanks for listening. We're honored to join you in finding your shine. Hey everyone, today we are talking to Adrienne
0: Bain, who I met at Podcast Movement, which is an incredible podcasting conference. Um, that I attended with my husband and the team that works on Finding Your Shine podcast this past spring. And we ran into each other, um, actually singing karaoke at, friends. Yeah, at <laughs> a bar. You'll hear a little bit more of the story into the episode. But she was singing and dancing and I was like, I like this girl. And we got to talking and found out that she reports a travel podcast. And she travels around the world, literally, and solo, which I think is, first of all, incredible. So she's this female girl traveling around the world solo, um, living a minimalist life, and really doing it as cheaply as she can. She has a ton of travel tips. She also is a huge supporter of traveling solo and talks about the fact that traveling by yourself really isn't as dangerous as most people make it out to seem, especially
1: if you're being smart and really using your resources she also has her own podcast the strangers abroad podcast which we highly encourage you to check out and listen to um, because she does a really beautiful job telling stories with the people that she meets on these travels and talking about her travels in more detail so if you have a little bit of wanderlust in you it's definitely something that you'll want to check out she's also a very just like fun bubbly spirited person so i think you'll really really enjoy this conversation
0: Before we head into this episode, we wanted to talk about one of our really cool new sponsors, which is Further Foods Collagen. I've been using Further Foods for, I don't know, at least over a year uh, Mm -hmm. by now. And I absolutely love it. For example, I am recording this in Austin, Texas. And I love that they have these little mini to-go paths. I throw a ton in my travel bag. And when I'm out and about, if I need a little bit of extra protein or especially when traveling, it's you know hard on your gut, hard on your stomach lining. I throw these further food packets in my tea, in my smoothie. Um, and it just makes me feel really good and nourished throughout the day.
1: Yeah, I'm actually enjoying my chai tea right now with some in there, the little collagen packs to go. I'm not anywhere special. I'm just at home, but yeah. But if you were some more special, you could take your to-go packs with you. For sure. And I will say, like, I'm not gonna divulge too much, guys, but I have noticed like my digestion is more regular and consistent since I started using the collagen in my daily little tea. And I was, I'll be the first to admit, I texted Nine and I was like, I'm scared that it's gonna yeah. be like a chalky powder. Cause when you put it in, it's like a powder. And you're like, yeah. like, is this gonna make my tea into like a milkshake? Like, what's happening? But it dissolves, it's completely colorless, it's completely tasteless. You don't even know it's there at all.
0: Yeah, it was, it's a little bit stressful when you pour it in because you're like, oh my gosh, what is this powder that is- it's goodness. That's what it collagen. is. Collagen. But, and then you put it in and like you said, it dissolves, you can't taste it. And it gives you that extra boost um, of protein and amino acids that our body always needs. So in addition to their travel size packs, which I totally love with all the traveling I've been doing, they also have um, marine collagen and a daily turmeric tonic. And in addition to the travel size packs of collagen, which we are absolutely loving, they have marine collagen. So if you're thinking that if you're a person that doesn't usually eat beef or chicken or things like that, they have a marine-based collagen, which I tried yesterday. Um, and I was a little bit nervous because I was like, fishy, this is weird. But again, it had zero taste and it tasted exactly like other one. So you have options. And in addition to the collagen, they also have a daily turmeric tonic. And if you haven't tried turmeric, it's a great spice, it's perfect for anti-inflammatory properties. Let me try that again. It's great for reducing inflammation in the body. So you get the collagen, you get the properties of the turmeric, and you can make turmeric latte and the smoothie. Um, so lots of cool things you can get over on furtherfoods.com.
1: Plus, they're female-owned,
0: which we love supporting the ladies. We love supporting our women business owners. So if you are interested in trying any of their products, me and Liz absolutely love them. Head on over to furtherfood.com and you can use our code FINDINGYOURSHINE for 10% off your order. And we have one more word from our newest sponsor, which is Align Mindfulness. And this is an app that uses artificial intelligence to bring their users into the present moment, which is something that I know I personally need um, very often.
1: So the way this works, and I've really loved it because I think we're, you know, as a society, we're on our phones way too much and it's not doing anything positive. Usually it's like comparison on social media or like group texts that are blowing up your phone. This is a nice way to connect with your phone in a way that brings you back to the present. So you'll get these little daily reminders or you know, several times throughout the day, it'll ask you, how are you feeling? Or say this mantra to yourself, or it'll take that technology that I think a lot of people have painted in a negative light and turn Mm -hmm. it really special and another way to practice mindfulness.
0: I'll notice I have my phone on me a lot. It's something that I'm really working on. Um, But with having this app, it forces me. So I'll have my phone next to me. Maybe I'll be about to scroll Instagram Uh and a little message will pop up and I'll say, what does the air smell like right now? And it really, it makes me pause and I'll take in a deep breath and it it forces me to be in the present moment. It's like, what do you see right now? Or it prompts you a a question that Uh forces you to pause and think and really center into the moment. And even the littlest message helps me to regroup and refocus. Um, I've loved having this app. It's completely free. You just download it in the app store on your iPhone and it starts working for you.
1: It also has a feature that I think is unique to it from other apps where it keeps a record of some of those things that you've said. So you can go back and reflect on maybe a day that was particularly stressful or particularly happy. And if you want to do additional reflection on that, you have those responses saved, which is really cool.
0: You okay. can also set notifications that help you wake up in the morning with a mindfulness prompt. So we are huge supporters of this app, especially mm-hmm. with us living such busy lives and being you know, so controlled by our phones. Why not add something, adding this app onto your phone that helps you use it for good.
1: So for all you iPhone users, it is available on the app store and you can download that today by searching for Align Mindfulness.
0: I feel like the two biggest wellness hubs are LA and New York though. So I feel like the scene is huge, but it's also your ray, I'm sure very expensive.
2: So I feel like, yes, wellness in New York. I am a tutor. I was a freelancer for a while, but now I'm on salary. And everyone is so work-focused and wow. i am huge on self care and that's something that travel mm-hmm. really taught me was how to take care of yourself and how to know when you are at a mental state where you're like i can't i just need some me time right now yeah. like i just need to center myself i'm overstimulated i'm exhausted my back hurts because i've been on a bus for 16 hours so travel really taught me the importance of self care so you could I could further my travels. Yeah. My body was equipped enough to keep going. So I've tried to, I was very apprehensive about moving to New York. I kind of moved here because there was nowhere else for me to go. Where I are you wanted, from originally again? I'm from upstate New York. Okay. So I'm from the Hudson Valley, which is a gorgeous, gorgeous area. And I went to school right outside of the city. Everyone I love and care for is in New York or within the two hours between the city and my house. Mm -hmm. So after years of traveling, I was like, okay, I'll give in to New York. Mm -hmm. And I was very apprehensive because I was nervous that I would become more materialistic. And I was nervous that I would just have to work so much because it's so expensive here. Mm -hmm. But I actually work so much, not because it is expensive, but... I am not in a travel time to not be an impulsive buyer to like Mm. really, I'm so minimalist and I'm very impressed by how minimalist of a lifestyle I still live in New York because I really look at things still with this lens of, well, do I have to carry it? I have to carry that. Then I'm not buying. Yeah. I don't don't need it. yeah. Yeah. But when it comes to, I, so I wasn't working so much because it was expensive. It is expensive. I'm working so much because Everyone's a workaholic here. Mm. My for all of my friends are workaholic, and it's a completely okay thing for you to have dinner and with a, with a friend that you haven't seen in like two weeks, and be like, oh, okay, can you hold on? I need to I need to check it. I need to email someone right now. And mm. So like, oh, if it's work, that's the priority. And everyone is so work focused. And I remember, I have directors that introduce me to students so i can work and they are liaisons between me and my families and i really tried to have a strict rule of no early mornings especially on weekends and i had this director who was really really pushing me to work this 10am student that was an hour away from my house on a sunday so that means that the subways oh, are no worse like getting out of i was living in brooklyn at the time getting out of the getting out of brooklyn on the weekends is nearly impossible. I is it because
0: have, everybody's leaving the city on the weekends? But,
2: and they just don't run as frequently and they do a lot uh, of
1: construction.
2: They do a lot uh, of construction on the weekends as if the population has suddenly decreased, which it has <laughs> if any, yeah. there's more of an influx.
1: Right, there's so, tourists like coming in for the weekends, I'm sure.
2: Exactly, exactly. So I really was like, I was really trying to be like, I don't want to work this, like, and I told her, I was like, this is my self-care time. Yeah, and she responded yeah. in this way as if, like, self-care, can you use it in a sentence? Like, how do you define that? Like, what does that mean? I know it took a really long time to get there, but that's the mentality. Yeah,
0: like, I can see that. What is that? 100%. But it, it seems like well, we can't, like, uh, we have all these resources for wellness, so it's here, right. but we have to work, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. It's that Gary oh. V hustle mentality yeah. that So goes against a lot of my holistic health beliefs. Even people like bloggers or whatever, I'll see them posting things like I'm so sick today, but I can't, I'm not gonna take a day off. Like this is the hustle. I'm like, no, you gotta take a day off. Like you need, you have to balance out what your body is needing. And that's for anybody, like even people that aren't in New York, like in Little Columbus, Ohio or whatever. It's like we're our job and our career seems to be this huge focus but how are you supposed to give all to that career and do your best at that career if right. you're if you're not giving
2: to yourself mm-hmm. just, it just doesn't make sense no exactly no exactly and that so there is a lot of opportunity for wellness here i think wellness is very much how you ever however you define self-care in whatever form that is if that's just taking a super long walk like i find long aimless walks to be the biggest luxury because I love that. I'm not working or there's something that's preventing me from working, but especially cause I, I have a pretty, I have a full-time job and I'm doing my own podcast. It's, I'm always working like that's the, mm-hmm. but what I really do is, so for me, I carve out two hours in the morning. So from eight to 10, that is my That is my me time. That's when I work out. Perfect. And then, so I work out, I meditate. I make a really healthy breakfast for myself. I shower and then I journal. And it's a long process, but I feel so centered as a human. And I really don't know if I am. And I also refuse to text people. I don't check my email and I don't check my text messages. Like I'll see it i mm-hmm. won't respond.
0: You're so good. I wish that my my hardest thing is my addiction to my phone, yeah. and I have a challenge. Like Cody caught me. Like you just checked Instagram. Like it's a it's a reflux. Like I'll pick up my phone and then I'll click Instagram or whatever. I'm trying so hard to not to do the same thing. Like I'm not going to check an email. I'm not going to check a text. I'm not going to get on social media until it's time to sit down and do that.
2: Right. Right, right. And I think like really blocking off because I hate looking at my phone. I'm always looking at it. I feel like I look at my phone more than I look at humans. Oh, yeah. And I love the time where I'm not looking... Like I don't bring it on my workouts. If I'm Mm -hmm. doing a long run, I don't listen to music. I'm completely free of it. And for me, that's what self-care is. But I think that there is this Instagram idea... That wellness in New York is having smoothies and juices. Same thing in Los Angeles. Yeah. I think just in LA, there's more of it. Like there's more vegan, vegetarian focused restaurants solely. Whereas in New York, there's always gonna be vegan, vegetarian, gluten free, dairy, whatever, dairy free options. But it's not as focused. Most mm-hmm. so of them cost like fourteen dollars a seat. Yeah, right. So I feel as though wellness in both instances in both cities. I think I'm also really just focusing on what we see in Instagram, and I don't think it's the whole story. But never is,
0: is the, the whole story
2: of. It's kind of like this conspicuous consumption of. I go to Equinox and then I go to Sweet Green and I get a fifteen dollars salad. Mm-hmm. I eat half of it. So
0: you <laughs> eat half of it. I, I can
2: <laughs> But I'm gonna post the whole. Box. It's like too yeah. many calories. Like I can't. So yeah. I but but at the same time, I don't run in those circles. Like I'm not mm-hmm. someone who could afford and is. Attractive enough to be In in Equinox So (laughs) I've only heard of
0: Equinox because I think uh, Katie Horwich teaches there Liz Oh Did something there it's just or does something? She's a very hair. beautiful person. It's funny that you say. I mean, she is a beautiful because she's
1: beautiful. <laughs> I also
0: think that you're a beautiful person, so don't discredit yourself. Right. I'm sure you can go to Equinox if you want. You have the luscious hair,
1: um,
2: lioness. <laughs> it's only it's only like the oil buildup that I haven't washed out in like two days.
0: Nobody washes their hair nowadays. It's Better that way. That's, it's good that way. So, so yeah, can so- we for one second though? Can we back up because we just rolled right into conversation and I love it, but. People are probably like, who the hell are you? Like I love I that go? you live, <laughs> I love that you live in New York and are, you know, bashing the wellness scene. That's perfect, but who are you? So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. First of all, we met at Podcast Movement, which yep. is why you're on this podcast, which was a really awesome conference that I went to in Philly with my husband and his podcast team. And um, how did I run into you? Oh, karaoke. So I was going to say, to be fair, yeah. we met at
2: karaoke.
0: We did.
2: After yeah, we did. one of the podcast events.
0: We did not meet at podcast. It wasn't like networking or anything. It was like, no. I, I was like, are you a singer? Because you did Amy Winehouse. I remember very specifically. Oh, nice. Yeah.
2: Ugh. Love her, um,
0: yeah. And you did wicked define right? gravity. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. I but was I was crazy. pissed because it was the Glee version. I was like, this is not the right version. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't Shout know down. it. It was like weird. But anyway, yeah, Shout karaoke down. at a crazy
2: bar. It was great. Oh my god, that was like In one Chinatown. of Chinatown best karaoke nights of my life. <laughs> it was so fun. I think it was yeah. better because everybody, no one knew each other still, and so there were just no. And everyone had been drinking
0: from a
2: previous the networking so like, event. Yeah,
0: there
1: were. Was it no a sanctioned like podcast movement thing, no. or did you just like figure out? Oh, like I think she's at the conference too. Like, let's be friends. No,
0: I didn't know anybody. Well, you kind of knew people were at the. Con- it was a yeah. karaoke bar in Chinatown. Chinatown is right next to the convention center. So after mm-hmm. all of the events, I think a lot of people just started going places. I yeah. just was like, are you a singer? Because she just did this fun little dance and looked like she was a performer. And I had to ask because I'm also in that world too. And then we got to talking and you're at podcasting and blah, blah, blah. And here we are. Yeah. And here we are. So, okay. Yeah. But the reason you're here is because you have a really cool story with travel and that's what you do. So fill us in.
2: Yeah. So my name is Adrienne Bain and I have a narrative travel podcast. So, I just like so switched to radio voice. Like I love it. Very gross now.
1: Welcome to the podcast. Welcome
2: to the podcast. I am Adrian. So. Ben. <laughs> so, I'm Adrian Bain. I have a. Bain. Sorry, I said it wrong. That's okay. It like, that's Wait, what'd you
0: say? Bean? Ben.
1: Oh, like Ben. <laughs> yeah.
2: Like, yeah, like benevolent. But it's Bain, like the guy from the Bain. character. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a narrative travel podcast it's called Strangers Abroad and it's a series of conversations I had with strangers that I met while backpacking from Mexico to so Peru cool. and each episode is in chronological order of the people of the person that I of the people that I meet and each episode is sandwiched But each interview is sandwiched around narrative stories that I write. So I write about where am I? How am I feeling? What have I experienced? And then how did I meet this person? And why do I think that they're interesting and their perspective of the world needs to be shared? Because I, I interview travelers, hosts. I did a lot of couch surfing and volunteering there. So a lot of people who are doing more egalitarian or humanitarian work. And then I also interview as many locals as I can to have a local perspective on where I'm at. Like, I don't want to just talk to a bunch of Germans in Costa Rica. Like, that's not why. Right. Kind of yeah, purpose, not that I don't want to talk to Germans, I want to talk to everybody, but I just want to make sure that it's balanced. So I the inspiration behind the podcast was I had done the very cliche college girl goes backpacking to Europe right after yeah. I graduated. And I, again, couch surfed, volunteered. I was able to travel for about seven months and I just met the most wonderful and weird people. And I was so disappointed by how poorly I was documenting our conversations mm-hmm. and how they were just doing cool shit with their lives. And a lot of people were just living these more unconventional lives. And you're like, I want to
0: share this because this is what people need to know.
2: Exactly. So that's what I wanted the second seat. That's what I wanted my, my podcast to be like when I went to Latin America was, I want to tell people that it's... Because I was going through this little like quarter life crisis. Yeah, And I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I wasn't happy with what I was doing. And I knew that travel had always given me a lot of clarity by just diving into ambiguity, kind of. I'm just going to go. It's so
0: mm-hmm. funny we're having this conversation because we have... This is the second podcast recording that we've done today. And and this will be the episode before you. Our listeners will have already heard. But she speaks three languages and she travels everywhere. And she also had an experience after college where she like left and she's from France and she lived in Brussels. Brussels. And she toured like Argentina. She met her husband there. And now she's in New York. You guys should totally meet up. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, she yes. is. She's right outside of New York, actually. And um, she was just saying, like, immersing your... I did that last time. Immersing, immersing. What is a new word? It's, it's like word. Needs
1: immersing. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um,
0: yourself <laughs> in that culture is so important and such a learning experience and it's such a broad, like, you broaden your awareness like crazy. And here we are having the
2: same conversation. Yeah. With you. Oh, yeah. It, Similar. There is something about. I remember the first time I ever traveled, I was 19 and I knew that I just needed to get out. I've always wanted to travel from a small town in upstate New York. There was little to no diversity and it was a it was a pretty solid bubble. And when I left, I booked a, a ticket to Prague and I did a study abroad program there. And I just remember standing in front of Charles, the. I just remember standing in front of the castle and looking at this building that was older than the country that I had come from. Mm. And I was looking around at all of these lives that were just running parallel to me that I had never, that were always existing, but I had Mm -hmm. just never thought about. And I. It is so profound. Physically remember my brain growing Mm -hmm. like in the Grinch when his heart starts to grow. Yeah, yeah. To, like that's what my brain felt like. And that's what my, I became a addicted
0: to that feeling. It even reminds me as simple as... And this is another conversation we had. As simple as it is when you leave high school to go to college, right? Like if you just stay in your hometown, you only learn things from that specific space. When you choose to go to college, for example, or to move, um, just putting yourself in a different environment, you automatically grow. Like, You have to adapt to a new situation. You learn about other people. You see different types of people. And like this is what we're made to do. Like, we have so many different people and ways of life in this world. And it's sad that some of us don't even experience that. Like I, I want, I need to experience even more than what I have. I mean, it's like, I'm dying to. I you don't know you're that. living
1: in a bubble until you get out. Exactly. Like, you don't, like in your daily life, it doesn't feel like a bubble. It just feels like what you do all the time. Well, and it's normal. Why
2: would yeah, I leave? Really right. I definitely feel like my first year of college, I was just talking about this. Because my youngest sister, she's 10 years younger than me to the week. She just, so 28 minus 18 is a surprise. Jessica was surprised. (laughs) We love her. We love (laughs) her so much. She just went off to Cornell like two, three weeks ago. And I'm so excited for it to humble her. Like, A, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's 90. We get it. But... Just the fact that she, I was walking around, Cornell is so insanely diverse. Mm -hmm. It might be the most diverse out of the, no, NYU has to be, NYU only has to be. So, or Columbia. Mm -hmm. I don't think I, I can never remember if NYU is a Navy, but I don't think- I can never
1: keep track of.
2: Yeah. That first year of college, I remember, it's the first time that you have to explain who you are. Mm -hmm. I never, for 18 years, I never had to explain who I was because everyone that I interacted with was observing my evolution Uh and part of it. Whereas when you go abroad or you just go to college, you are stripped of that story and you have to start, everyone sees you as this blank slate and they're like, why do you do this? Why do you do this? Why do you do that? Why do you do this? And you have to start questioning yourself of, well, why do I do this? You know? you know
0: what's what's crazy? I was thinking, you know how we create all these false stories about ourselves throughout our childhood? Like what, things that happen to us when we're little and then we carry them with us when we go to high school and into college. What if we viewed ourselves as like a new person? Like seeing us for the first time because they don't know that you, whatever, like peed your pants in first grade and now you have exactly. like like... Anxiety, social my secrets. Geez, <laughs> um, like nobody knows these things, and so they're seeing a, a fresh, you know, clean slate. It'd be really interesting to try that as like a mental habit. Mm-hmm. Microphone well, I
2: think yeah. I'm kind of looking for this story for my podcast for one of my episodes is going abroad to be anonymous, mm-hmm. going abroad because you just need everything to be different, or you are in an environment where you cannot fully be yourself. Because what travel has definitely shown me is that there are parts of me that are so integral that it doesn't matter where I'm standing on earth. I will always be these things. Mm -hmm. I will always be a storyteller. I will always be intense. And I will always be very chatty. Like These are just things that are so part of who I am. And I will always try to be as compassionate and empathetic as possible. And that travel has really expanded as well. However, I found that travel has also shown the areas where I can be more flexible Mm. and shown the areas where I need to soften a little bit. Because I think that it definitely did increase my empathy and it definitely did increase my compassion and my respect that other people are so allowed to live lives very differently than
0: me well that's the big thing right to just know that people are living lives that are very different than you and that's okay Uh, like i feel like half the problems in this world is because people are trying to force everybody else to be just like them it's like get over yourself what makes you like what makes your decisions the right decision the ability to do whatever the hell they want right yeah
2: i i feel like my my personal belief system is like you do what you want as long as you are not physically or psychologically harming someone else. Well, right. Totally. Boundary, that's not cool. Without their consent, you know, mm-hmm. like the BDSM community, I fully respect you. Right. Um, you do you. It's fine. Like you do you. If that's what you guys are into. That's great. Right. No, I no harm. It's consensual. Like that's what yeah. I'm saying. So, but, so there were definitely things where I learned that I could be more patient and I learned that I could, I learned how to not take things personally. And I also learned that I can be a lot stronger and a lot braver. Because I think that one story that women are definitely not told is that they are strong, especially physically strong.
1: And no, you're told you're pretty they- and delicate. Exactly. And, or right. if you're not, that you should like be working towards being smaller and prettier and like, a little Don't take a in
2: space, Don't break any fingernails. Right, right. So and that was just something i fuck i defy that as much as possible and i feel as though travel definitely showed me parts of myself that i then. didn't know and i can be a lot more physically and mentally stronger than the environment that i am raised to be in
1: so how when you were finding people to talk like have these stories and share these stories on your podcast and like how did you How did you identify people? Because I feel like as... I don't want to say I'm not introverted. I'm like awkward and shy. So I'm not one to like be observing people's stories and being like, I feel like I need to talk to that person. So what does that look like finding someone, striking up conversation with someone and identifying like, I think this person has a story to tell.
2: Right. Oh, that's so good. I love that question. It definitely just depends on how well I click with them. I think a lot of the people that I had interviewed and interacted with had very interesting stories. It pretty much, the more unconventional, the more interested I was. So I interviewed this couple from Texas who biohacked their car to run on what is it? Sunflower oil? Something. Oh. Something. What? Something. I can't remember what... I can't remember... You'll have to listen to the episode because I can't remember what it was. This was like a few years ago. So they hacked their car to run on like some type of bio oil and they were huge investors in Bitcoin and they were just traveling around... They were traveling around Mexico. They wanted to make it all the way down to Argentina and... They were volunteering and working on organic farms in the meantime. Kind
0: of want to be these people's best friend. Like As you're talking about them, I'm like, I really want to set up a time to hang out with them. They were
2: awesome. (laughs) I need to reach out to them. Do they live
0: in Texas? I'm going to Austin in a month. Maybe
2: I can like. Maybe. Hey, I
1: heard about. She Adrian told me about you. Right,
2: right, right, right. I will. I need to reach out to all the people who are my first season to see if they'll be on my second season. So yeah. they are on the list of people to contact. So, and they had this one crazy experience where the website that we do, that we would research, the website that brought us all together through volunteering. We were all volunteering at this organic garden, hostel, beach place in Puerto Escondido, Mexico. And one of them that they had gone to in Chiapas, no, in Kitana Roo, which is close to Cancun, was a scam. And so they told oh, me all about this scam, like how they'd been scammed if they didn't have their that's car. That's my fears of traveling. And that's what my yeah. There okay. was this woman who was from, I can't remember where she was from. I think she was from like Seattle. She didn't really realize what she had got herself into. There was this British dude who was like trying to maintain the house, but it was just this total scam and they had to do this whole rescue mission. So the way that you find a story is you see, well, where are the stakes? So the stakes in that story is, well, we thought that we were going to be working on this awesome organic solar paneled, you know, eco house. And we get there and it's abandoned. And there's this one woman who's been alone taking care of these dogs for X amount. And she can't, you know, like there's no Wi-Fi, Like they can't get out. So like stakes are raised. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another woman that I interviewed who I thought was awesome was this girl, Gabby in Costa Rica. And she's from Costa Rica. She's Costa Rican. She's local. And her family set up a exchange an American exchange student and they had this American guy from Ohio and he had a friend come and visit on his birthday so she walks into this restaurant her family's already there and the American and his friend are also there and she looks at the friend and she's like you're the one like wow you're what? the what she doesn't speak English. He doesn't speak Spanish. They lock eyes and they're like, this is it. Like, I'm good. Like, this cool. is. And so they slowly start learning each other's language. And they've been traveling back and forth between Costa Rica and Ohio, actually.
1: Oh, and what part of Ohio? I'm like, I'm wondering if this no is idea. like in the backyard.
2: I think so. yeah. I have no idea. I have no idea. So, watch him be
0: in Columbus, like watch him live in my apartment complex. Really, She's okay. actually
1: over all the time. Is he a sis
0: named Joe? Are there any? I don't know if there's a sis named Joe, but I'm going to search for one now. You so I'm pretty sure they're still together.
2: So that, you would be a really sad story if they weren't. <laughs> but I, mean, I think it'd still be like a beautiful story if they. You're right. they, at the time I met them, they had been together for three years. Wow. So it's like... They're still
1: together. That's effort.
2: That's effort there. So the way that I find stories is, well, what is unconventional about this and what are the stakes? Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of the time, it's not always this... It's not super dramatic things. It's I wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. I was bored. I was not... I knew that there was more and I needed it. And I think that humans have domesticated themselves a little too well to the point where we're unable to enjoy the full. And there's obviously, like this is, I'm coming from a very privileged perspective. Right. My Maslow hierarchy of needs, pretty well satisfied. But I think that those who are in the the rat race of life eventually realize that they haven't lived as much and time is our most precious resource. And
0: I'm seeing a shift in that. Um, I don't know if it's just because that's the world that I'm in now, but I feel like a lot of people now are kind of realizing that and they're saying, well, this can't be it. I really think this- so. And I think I-, that- I hope that our generation is changing that in the generations below us. I feel really strongly that we are.
2: I kind of feel that too, because with being able to be location independent. Right that in itself, like the internet has given us so much more freedom than we can imagine to a point where some of us are like, like I freak out with the amount of like, oh, I could just, like right now I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to assage my company to let me tutor abroad. I have a few other little branches. And if I could tutor abroad.
0: You can do what you want to do.
2: I would, my head would explode. Like my head would explode. explode. It's like, Oh wait, I can do this in Vietnam. Yeah. Like I'll do it. I just don't
0: know. It's so hard to be stuck and trapped to something. And now I'm realizing now how, how hard it is to like, when you're in it, you don't realize it until you're out of it, Mm -hmm. that there's so much possibility. And there's so many things that you can do when you're, when you're stuck. And when you're trapped, it just seems like, well, this is what I have to do, or this is where I am. But I don't know. There's something about getting out of the system and then realizing how much poten- like how much life you really have to live yeah. and how much there is to experience.
2: But I think that there is as intelligent as humans are, we have a few contradictions on our own consciousness. And the brain really loves comfort. The brain really likes what's familiar, even if that's harmful. So that's why if the likely, if you are abused or observe abuse in your household as a kid, mm-hmm. the probability of you being in a domestic abuse household as an adult is pretty high or relationship yeah. is pretty high because your brain is like, but this is what I know. And so when it comes to, I think that it unfortunately takes a lot of people longer if they haven't been seen, if they haven't been shown. Alternative stories of how you can be living your life.
0: Because That's what I'm saying. You have to like somehow get yourself there. There's or if something happens that shows it to you. It shakes you. It awakens that part of you. Yeah. And then like travel, like you said, that very experience of you looking at that building, that castle. Yeah. That was your experience. Like I've had my own experience. Like Liz has had her own experience. Everybody has their own experience. And then it's like, what do you do with that?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hopefully, I think that. And hopefully it just inspires more traveling, you know, because mm-hmm. that really is until we go to space, you know, until like most of us can go to space, which I don't think.
1: will. Be would tough. you go to space? I feel like if anyone of us is going to go to space in this like little chat right now, you are the one that's going to do it. I'm, I'm not staying gonna here to perish. It's I'm not getting in a <laughs> spaceship. That's for sure. Oh
0: so God. Nina's not going to space. So, that's right. The claustrophobia. I would <laughs> not go to
2: Mars. Class. In a heartbeat. And I find that I'm actually really a small... Because I ask my students, would you rather questions? Would you rather stay in your home country for the rest of your life or be the first group of people to go to Mars knowing that you'll never return? And I'm like, oh God, that's so hard. But I... See, I'd be like, no, I'd stay in my home country. I think most people people would. I think most people would. I think I'd want to go to space when I'm like way older. Yeah. Like if I'm not coming back, at least I've lived what I've needed to live out here. (laughs) Exactly. That's my feelings. Exactly. So, but I, my God, Mars. Oh, that'd be so cool. All right,
1: guys, we're going to take a little pause section to talk about a brand that we have been loving lately. And that is Teamy. So I actually just yesterday woke up with these three monster zits on my face, (laughs) (laughs) like they just appeared out of nowhere. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? But I have this really great teeny matcha mask. It's a green tea mask. And I mean, it's great for all over. I use it pretty consistently to just keep my face feeling clean and refreshed and detoxed. Um, But I have also been using it as like a spot treatment for these little monsters that like to pop up. <laughs> so how has the spot treatment been working?
0: Because by the way, were you on your period? Because that was also me like last 100% week. 100% I was. Because me and Liz are <laughs> totally synced, like 100% synced on the new moon, I shall say. We both were on our periods on the new moon, <laughs> which means you're ready for babies. Like the full moon apparently is that you're not ready for babies and the new moon means you are. Okay, this isn't what we're talking about right now. But not, But, <laughs> but I, would, I should try to put some TME on my monsters. I've just done the full face thing. I haven't tried to spot treat it
1: yet. So sounds like yeah. a good tip. It's great. And I love that it's like, you can actually feel it working because there's yes. really great tingling sensation, not like a painful tingling, just like a fresh. Like a little tingling. massage, like yeah. a little tingle massage for your face. Like I'm in a spa, but I'm in my home. Um, yeah. And it's it smells also, really good. Yes. It's also all natural. It has three main ingredients, lemongrass, matcha, and bentonite. Right? And really, oh, you no, know, there's so many really bad skincare products for you in terms of toxicity. We actually had a podcast episode all about skincare and different products, you know, what's in those products. So I love knowing that this is a quality product that isn't full of icky stuff, just good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I care so much about what I put in my body that it's becoming more and more important to me that I need to care about what I'm putting on my body. So I really trust TME their ingredients and
1: I just love the mask I think it's and I also look like Alphaba when I put it on so it's really (laughs) if you want to do some like Halloween's coming up you could go as a witch (laughs) and get a facial at the same time (laughs) look at that if you guys are interested in trying any of the
0: TME products you can use our code which is shine15 for 15% off your order so just head on over to their website at tmeblends.com and use our code shine15 for 15% off I want to touch on something that... I don't know why because space is so big. But it's like the opposite effect. Like I'm stuck up here and I can't get out. You said something when we met for coffee or whatever we did at the podcast convention. we were talking about traveling and how I want to do a bunch of traveling, blah, blah, blah. And you said like it's way safer than people make it out to
1: be. Yeah. Yeah. Please touch on that because I... Like I just feel like I'm gonna end up like Natalie Holloway. Like well, that's and that's also like the strong fear. woman thing.
0: But I have to tell you before you launch into that, I was talking to my mom, and we were, you know, saying that we we're probably gonna go to Brazil because one of his, hey Hayden, who you're gonna meet up with and travel, or Hayden who you want to talk to oh, the travel yeah. team. Yeah. He lives in Brazil, and so she was like, but he's in so, Brazil now. When did that happen? Well, that's gonna be like his home base, I guess. Oh, and then ahead. he, I guess. But then he's going to come to Columbus for a while. Anyway, she was like, Nina, Brazil is so dangerous. And I've heard a lot of stuff about Brazil and whatever. But then I thought she would say that about anywhere I'm going, really, like, be safe and like, don't... Like, she'd be nervous if I go anywhere. And I wonder if you deal with that as a woman, a young woman who is traveling all the time and how you've learned to overcome that. Or what really, truthfully, what is the truth? Because you do it. And I feel like people always think they know the answers because of the news. But have you actually gone on trips by yourself? Right.
2: I get questioned. I get the microaggression of you're traveling alone as I'm doing it. (laughs) People don't believe me as I'm actively doing it. Like I'm I'm here, aren't I? I, I'm here. I've been traveling for three months. Like I'm fine. And (laughs) I truly believe... So with my first big travel extravaganza like I hitchhiked I couch surfed the entire time I didn't pay for a bed for 7 months
0: wow that's so
2: and intense. most of the people that I stayed with were solo dudes and only one only one crossed a line but it still was okay mm. and or just expected more and mm-hmm. I no Well, not with him. I did with others, but not with him. (laughs) (laughs) Not with that particular one. (laughs) Because like hashtag feminism, it's my choice. Right. (laughs) So I really, you know, my whole, both of my trips have been based off of the benevolence of complete strangers who have taken me into their homes and fed me and let me unpack and wash the world off my body. Like I, and it's not even and then you could play devil's advocate and you could say okay well yeah couch surfing and and work away and all that stuff like those are individuals who are just going to naturally be more open to hosting strangers anyways and you're a blonde white woman like you are so innocuous that you don't you don't seem threatening mm-hmm. but also being a blonde woman i think people do perceive me more as like oh she's prey But I found that on the long bus rides and subway rides and whatever, that most people are curious about you because they're not anticipating a woman to be traveling alone. Mm -hmm. They're not anticipating a blonde woman to be traveling alone. Maybe they're, I don't know. But I find that they become more protective than predatory because they Mm. know the risks. They know that it could get really bad, but... Most, I remember distinctly hitchhiking from one side of Ireland to the other. And this woman was like, I had to pick you up because, you know, it's so dangerous out there. And I was like, but you picked me up. Are you going to, are you going to kill me? You know, are you going to, and I just tried to show the kindness that she had within herself and that most people are like that. And humans, unfortunately have. A negativity bias, yeah, which totally. means that if we we focus on the negative much harder than we focus on the positive. So, if well, it's a I, defense mechanism. Like your body wants oh yeah, to do that. Right, like I, I want you oh, to. Yeah. Win. So we have this negativity bias where if I lose, if I lose fifty dollars, that's going to hurt a lot more than if I win fifty dollars. If I yeah. lose $50, I'm like, that fucking sucks. But if yeah. I lose $50, I'm like, hey, that's that's nice. Mm-hmm. So I think that we have... I think that carries to how we perceive the news. And I think the news has done some really insane brainwashing on us. Oh, yeah. Because I think that the technology we've created exceeds the the brain capacity that we actually have. Like, yeah. we could... The technology we've created exceeds our mental capacity to handle it. Because Mm -hmm. I can get a message that there's been a hurricane in Puerto Rico, that there's been a volcano explosion in Japan, and that there's Ebola running through some country. And I can find all of that out in less than a minute. And so am I going to think that the world is ending? Yeah, I am. Because... Mm -hmm. I, my brain can't handle like someone, even though the probability of all those things might've been the same like 400 years ago, people 400 years ago didn't know any of that.
0: That's such a, I mean, it's such a good point. And whatever you surround yourself with is what you're going to
1: naturally see. It's like the the rose colored glasses Mm -hmm. thing. And, And I'm sorry. No, go. I I was gonna gonna say, and like news stations benefit from causing that fear because like yep. people will be talking about like, oh my God, did you hear about the gunman in LA? They're not like, oh my God, did you hear about that cute puppy that like ran across the street and found a duck and it was so cute? Like sometimes, that's me <laughs> exactly. sometimes, but well, I mean- I, I want can, that story well, to be I'm, real. Totally.
2: Well, that's because, that's because kindness and positive things are not clickbait. They're not newsworthy. We, I think Americans especially- world oh, yeah. in of infotainment where the lines between entertainment and news have gotten a, way too close to each other. And they're uh-huh. very, very blurry. So, which is gross, which is really awful. And I think has severely skewed our perception of how dangerous the world is because you talk to other people once you leave and they don't get the same hysteria that we do from the news. And I really, so I just truly believe that the world is much more protective than predatory. We focus on that one negative story and that will ruin it for people. So what I'm currently trying to do is I'm going to create a Facebook group soon that only shares positive stories about travel,
0: I'm going to be a part of that so fast.
2: Like I want honest stories because like, yeah, there's like, I've got my passport stolen. Like that's happened. But at the same time, I, my trips have so been based off of the benevolence of complete strangers. And I want other people to share stories of times that strangers helps them. Because I think that the stranger danger thing is bullshit. And the probability of you being attacked, Abroad, like how is that any different than me being in New York? You know, and mm-hmm. like, no, New York is not Kansas, where it is ostensibly safer. But I just really believe that the world is more protective than predatory, and have experienced that firsthand.
1: Mm-hmm. So, my question is, how do you like? First of all. Is there a? Do you often encounter language barriers when you travel?
2: Oh, good question. I really try to learn. So this is my hack: is I learn certain phrases that make it sound like I know the <laughs> language more than I do. I learn like hello, hi, how are you, We're, goodbye, where's the bathroom, thank you, excuse me, mm-hmm. and I'll always learn the sentence. I know how to speak X, but not very well. And mm-hmm. I learned that one flawlessly. So I can say that in multiple languages. And I feel like if you learn how to speak it quickly, people are like, okay, she's more intelligent then. And then I'll say, can we speak? Can we switch to English? Because I find that if you approach someone in their language, obviously that is more welcoming. Like right. even in New York, if someone starts yelling at me in Chinese, like that, I'm not gonna... You're like,
1: yeah, mm, or I so want
2: to help, like, but like, not there's nothing I can do. Whereas if you just approach me and say, hey, uh, it's just always, and especially as someone who is an English speaker, I find it to be much more respectful
1: mm-hmm.
2: going into countries where English is not the dominant language. And one of my big pet peeves are English speaking natives who go to other countries and expect everybody to speak English to them. Yeah. yeah. That's and something
0: the- that Go ahead. No, go ahead. Just
2: the last thing that I learn is I always learn the slang word for cool. So whatever you say...
1: You're like, cool.
0: Cool. And like, do you like Google this or do you get books or do you ask a native? How do I, you do I this? ask natives. Because I, I feel ask... like I would Google like what's their native word for cool and I'd be saying like F you on accident.
2: Um, exactly. No, you have to ask them because... And it's typically someone who's a little bit more well-versed in English than than just like someone off the street. But yeah, so in Mexico, like Cheeto is cool. But in Peru, Chevrolet is cool. So knowing how to... And then they're like, gringo, what? Like white girl sees me? You said cool. Like, this is great. How did she... And they just, they turn on you and then they tell you all the secrets. It's <laughs> not true. But they Never. definitely do see you differently because they think, oh, she's trying. She's really trying to get my culture right now. And I do believe that if you are in someone else's country, that you should learn as much as you can while you're there and that's why you're there direct. right that's you're there you're to experience there.
0: I'm not do you there ever... to get
1: cute sweaters like I'm there to learn the language you I know? feel like I want to get cute sweaters
2: and learn the language <laughs> I and mean, we do both
1: I was gonna say I'm curious how like how do you find these strangers to like do you walk up to someone and you're like hello how are you where's the bathroom can I stay with you like <laughs> is oh, there, yeah, yeah. like so, how do you find these people that are and and I guess like Have they told you the reasons why they're like, sure, come stay with me. Like, I feel like that's so interesting. The other side of it, someone letting someone stay with them for an extended period of time.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not expecting anything out of it. Just like, yeah, Yeah. I can brush my couch. I kind of have found that those individuals tend to be craving for more human connection than they are normally getting. And that might just be a pattern that I'm making up. But... How do you find those people, though? Oh, all through couch surfing. And so I would couch... So I just couch surf, you know, if I want to be in Mexico City from X day to X day. I'll put that in. I'll see who's available. And then I'll see who is I... Is this couch live.
0: searching a website or is this like Airbnb, but I would just rather stay on a couch?
2: Black. Yeah, both. Oh, okay. It's a website and it's... Yeah, it's um, it's Airbnb, but... I want to stay on a couch and I don't want to pay for it.
0: Okay. That's amazing because I would, would totally do that. We were just... I love Airbnb stays. Like if I'm going to travel, I want to stay in an Airbnb. I don't care if the owners are there because I want to learn from them and blah, blah, blah. Um, did not know the free couch surfing was a thing. I need to tell my husband that because he would jump on that like crazy. It's
2: great. I think that one of the reasons I got away with it for so long was because I am a solo woman. So I am the least again, least threatening person out there Mm -hmm. ostensibly. Never, you know, like Mm you can't trust anybody regardless of what they look like. So so I found that, so I would do mostly couch surfing and then I would do volunteer stays. So there's workaway.com and there you can pretty much type in any country you want to go to, or any skill you want to learn. And there's tens, if not hundreds of people in those areas that will say, hey, you can come harvest. You can come live in my house in Tuscany as long as you harvest olives for me for a month. And you're like, "Uh, mm, okay, that's great. Just I just need to get there. And then... This happened more when I was in Europe, I think because it's just a little bit more affluent than Latin America. But while I was traveling throughout Europe, I was, they comped room and board. Whereas in Latin America, they would sometimes just comp one or two meals. Mm -hmm. Food tends to be, ironically, in some areas is is imported more and tends to be a little bit more expensive. So... So yeah, so I was able to harvest olives in Italy and be a sous chef at a yoga meditation retreat in the south of France and work at a chocolate shop in Peru. So not only am I... Now, where do you
0: find that opportunity then? Is that through... That's
2: all through Workaway. Workaway? I always don't want to say it because like, I don't want other people to know about it. Yeah, like, don't, take, don't take my spots. Workaway.org. So... Huh. Yeah, you can just go on there and just type in New Zealand and see what comes up. And it's like, oh, sheep shearing. That sounds like something pleasant I've always wanted to do. Or it could be some type of environmental. A lot of it is environmental stuff. It could be just babysitting kids. It could be like a house stay. So yeah, Workaway was awesome. Not only because I was able to... Because it was so affordable and it allowed me to travel for longer but because I got to live there. Like, you don't just hang out on someone's couch for a weekend. You're living that life with these people. And it was the most immersive that I could... Like, these people, there were some, I walked away in tears just because you're Mm -hmm. like, I can't leave you. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't know you existed, but now that I do, Mm -hmm. you know, the world's more... It's just, it's overwhelming. And I believe that there are so many friends and companions and lovers out there, but you just, you need to go out and find them.
0: It just reminds me of choir tour, Liz. I don't think we did this our senior year when we went to China. And I'm so annoyed that all my travel experiences with choir tour, because that's so lame. But, but, but they would, happened but at they all. Happened. So. And whether it was like abroad or domestic, Uh, We would stay with people, like churches would take you in or whatever, and that was those are some of my deepest and strongest memories. Is meeting someone in a different choir and then going home with their family, and you know, my friend Lee was usually the one that was with me, and we would stay with them and we would get to know them, and like even in other countries, you know, and like you meet all of these other people, and that's why now if I'm going somewhere, I feel more comfortable. Like I feel kind of icky and stuffed up when I'm in a hotel. I don't like to stay in hotels at all. Sure. And I was gonna ask you, do you ever just go on vacation? Like do you ever do the typical <laughs> I'm gonna go to Mexico and stay in a resort and like look at the beach?
2: I don't think or I were you like, no, I can't do that. I really this life. I'm gonna sound like <laughs> such a jerk. I don't think I could stomach a resort. I did take a little right I hated baby. my
0: resort experience. We hated our honeymoon resorts. Really, I didn't know that. Yep, we hated it. I cried the first two days. Like I wanted to leave because I just didn't like it. I felt so like I have to eat this resort food. I ha- like the free drinks was cool, uh, but the- it was like that was your hub, like just this fake resort, and I didn't For want that at all. We'll isolating. never do a resort
2: again. I don't think it just sounds so isolating. Like same with cruises, exactly. is I'm like ugh,
1: would never. Like,
2: no, yeah. I gotta be stuck on a boat with yeah. really, you know, just this weird curated experience that doesn't allow you to, if I am, and this was something that I realized in Latin America more than Europe, mainly just because I think that there are, anyways, I, I felt like I had less interaction with locals because there were some areas where I wasn't fully comfortable couch surfing by myself. In the first two months I was staying, I had a boyfriend who quickly became an ex-boyfriend. And I found that once he was gone, there were some areas where it's like, I don't wanna I don't wanna do this by myself. So I would book a hostel. Mm-hmm. But even just hang hey, it's like I would love to hang out. Wait,
0: the us. first two months a boyfriend was with you? Yes. And then he was gone. <laughs> Like you're like traveling abroad, and then you're like, see ya, dude. I'm going to do the rest of this trip alone. Yeah, that's a
2: whole, our (laughs) codependency. That's a whole second episode, I'm sure. Second episode. That's a whole, it's like a memoir to be real. Do you talk about it on your podcast? I'm going to be talking about it more. I don't really talk about it in my first season because I don't really know because it was such a bad relationship and it wasn't the focal point of the season like that Mm -hmm. wasn't why I was talking and most of my episodes are after he's gone and most Mm -hmm. of my episodes are when he when I am alone because I ironically met so many more people once I was not with him because I think also like you You don't have that he's a crutch. crutch yeah he was a crutch and also couples in general just look more intimidating so and it's like oh I'm not gonna Mess with them, whereas like solo women, everyone's like, What are you doing? Like, why are you doing this by yourself? So, I find that people are a little bit more curious. So, I found in Europe, I felt we were it was kind of we were going back to like handholdy resort things. I found that in Europe, I could, I could be a little bit more mobile, I felt more comfortable hitchhiking and couch surfing pretty much everywhere. Whereas in Latin America, there were some instances where it's like, oh, if you want to see this, you pretty much have to do a tour mm-hmm. unless you want to pay a ton of money to get a tour guide. And that felt really handholdy and I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. So, but my mom was like, my mom was once talking to my middle sister and my middle sister was like, if I had a million dollars, like I would get you a pottery studio, and I would get dad this, and I get my youngest sister that, and I would just give Adrian a bunch of money to travel the world and like <laughs> live in nice places and everything. And my mom was like, I think she likes staying on people's couches, <laughs> Like <laughs> I think that's kind of part of the reason why she does it, and it totally is. I can't not have that real of an experience. I'd when rather- it comes to Sorry, go ahead. No, I would just rather... There was one time where I was staying in this very, very humble... How apart... I don't know what it was in Cusco, Peru. It was one of those like the shower and bathroom was outside. And it was a very strange covering. And it was warm and it was comfortable, but the it wasn't... I mean, like, like the room and everything, but it was humble. And I remember I needed Wi-Fi. So I walked to, I think there's one Starbucks in Cusco. So I walked to one Starbucks because I was like, I don't want to get anything. I just need to check my email. And Cusco is kind of little America. There's a lot of American tourists there who are like looking for a spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. And I w- closed my laptop. I was done or my I turned off my iPad. I was done and I walked out of Starbucks and followed these two American guys down the stairs. And one of them was like, do you think that there's like a Domino's around here? And I was like, oh my, I mean- Why? I have the money to stay. I had the money to stay in a hostel, but I would never pay to stay near those people. Like I would Mm -hmm. rather stay in this shack on the outskirts of the city than deal with that. Like that's just not- why I'm here. I know that may sound pretentious and I hope it doesn't, but I just can't be around that mentality of where can I find. And it's, I respect that like travel is hard for a lot of people and that you want your creature comforts. I get that, but like, don't fucking talk to me about Domino's pizza when you are around some of the most incredible Peruvian restaurants and cuisine. Like, I don't want to hear it.
0: Yeah. As far as budgeting goes, I mean, you have to get yourself to the place. And then you are the couch surfer. You're finding, you know, places to stay for free. But what about the food? What do you find is the hardest cost then? Or how much do you have to budget for these trips and plan for these trips in advance?
2: Both times, I... Spent about five thousand dollars. The first trip was seven months. Wow. I oh did
0: 19 gosh. countries. My god. Five thousand dollars in seven months. That's like we Girl, spend that much a, people spend that much humble. in a month. I mean it more was, than that in a month. It was humble. To be fair
2: and I'm not saying anything negative about the homeless people, but I looked like a bag lady. Like there was nothing sexy about, I was no, what's her name? Asiana Gold. Like she was a beautiful, you know, she's just so fucking stunning. I was not that. I was in this, I got to, I got this giant, what, oh my God. I have this photo. Okay. So there's this photo of me at the Burkheim. So the Berkheim is, It's a very exclusive gay club in Berlin. It's an old warehouse that's been turned into like a four-story club. And it's very hard to get in. There's a bouncer that's written an entire book about his experiences being there and how he selects people to go in and out. And literally the bouncers just look at you and they say yes or no. You could be wearing Gucci or you could be wearing a thrift store sweater with cats on it and he could say yes or no. So there's a photo of me in front of the Bergheim on Christmas morning. It is 6 a.m. Christmas morning. Nope, it's later. It's like 9 a.m. Christmas morning. And I am wearing a five euro, like industrial puffy coat Mm -hmm. that has holes in the pockets. So I can stuff more like shit in it to just carry around. (laughs) I'm wearing my friend's eighth grade hiking boots, like hiking boots that she's had since she was in eighth grade. And I'm using an airline blanket as a scarf. Wow. I am not attractive. Yeah. (laughs) And it was a little bit easier in Latin America just because it's hot out and I don't need to wear as many clothes. So I found that style-wise, it was a little bit
0: Like throw on like a sundress and wear it all the
2: time. And it's whatever. Exactly. I worked at one place where bikini was a legit work outfit. And that was cool. So when it comes to budget...
1: And I mean, that's the other thing with... with Wait, time out. Did he let you in? Oh, yeah. I got in. (laughs) Good, Good question. Okay, yeah. That was good.
2: Yep. And I got in. So I was like, this is so ridiculous. And there were these like women in stilettos behind me who didn't get in. And I'm like, I don't sorry,
1: I'm cooler. (laughs) Yeah, like my ripped
0: pockets did it.
2: I know, I know. It was the I really don't give a fuck, or you just look tired and you need to sit down somewhere. Yeah. Because in Germany, the twenty fourth is the day that they celebrate Christmas, and then the twenty-fifth they club. They club the city down. So so I found that so with budgeting, it's Mostly I I don't know. I would really find when you are working somewhere and you're typically working in pretty remote places, it might be a little pricey to get there, but then it's like I'm not spending money for a month. You yeah. know, and then you travel, travel, travel. So what I would typically do is travel for two weeks and then stay someplace for a month, and then travel for 10 days to two weeks and then stay someplace for a month. So it's really that in between. And the in between I'm couch surfing as much as possible or I'm staying with friends who or that I've met along the way. And again, if I have to carry it, I'm not buying it. Yeah. So there's no impulse to have lots of clothes. And there's no impulse to get like lots of things because I can't carry it. Right. So, unfortunately, that mentality has really translated to living in New York now. Because it's not, oh, I can't carry it, but it's like I can't fit this in my living closet. I mean, my right. bedroom. Same that's thing. Yeah, I mean. you yeah. live in yeah. closets here. Yeah. <laughs> so, so little tiny spaces and a big. Well, so so yeah, tiny. Like... Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely how I keep on budget. Is it's just doing that.
0: Yeah, I am finding this is like blowing my mind. I wonder if people listening are inspired, like I'm going to do this, or I if some of them, to. if some of them are like, that's just not for me, because I feel like it's both. Like some people are going to be like, I, I'm inspired to not go as extreme. I don't think I'm, ex- I'm inspired to like check out some couch sur- couch surfing things and bring one backpack and mm-hmm. put myself in this situation for like a month at a time or whatever. Right. Um. But I think it does take like a certain person or maybe you just have to start and then slowly anybody really could do that.
2: It was something that I never questioned. It was, oh, is this... I've also been re-examining my relationship with money and how for my early 20s were definitely defined by, I don't want to pay for that. So what are the other things that I have to do so I can save money? Yeah. So I did a lot of dumb shit that fortunately turned out Okay. But at the same time, that really fueled my travels is my reluctance to want to spend any money. And, but I did come out with better stories. So, cause the whole time I could have just been in a hotel. Right. Which By yourself. Oh. Yeah. By I you yourself. Hotel. And I definitely yeah. did, you know, bump into these kids who were just working on, who were just living off of daddy's credit card and no hate on them, but it felt really good being like this is my my parents have never given me any money they took out a few loans for they took out like ten thousand dollars worth of loans for my school and they've never given me any money for any of my trips it's always been me funding them and I would just save all of my money I just save as much as I needed and yeah that's definitely like a big way that I but now I'm going to be a little bit more cunning and learn how can I be working and traveling at the same time. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, right. Which is... That's what you... Yeah, that's where it's going. Like you even said with your job. Because then you can do what you want to do. And then you can make... I mean, we can now make our income anywhere. So why not do it?
2: Exactly. No, exactly.
0: Well, if we want to hear more, our listeners obviously can go to your podcast. Yeah, And they should. And um, you've definitely inspired me to like really take this year as the year of travel because that's what me and my husband are calling it. It's going yes. to be the year of travel. Um, I will be in New York in <gasps> the end of September. Yeah, so we're going to be in the Catskill Mountains for a wedding. And then we're going to be in New York the first two days, like the 30th, October 1st, October 2nd. So we'll have to meet up for coffee or Please something. Please come. Let's yeah. do our interview live
2: then.
0: Oh my gosh, I would love that. Let's be it so in person.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, that's exciting.
0: Yeah, I'll touch base with you now that we've exchanged numbers and everything. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing your wonderful travel stories. Um, This is just, it's empowering. Like, it's very empowering for women in general to be like, you can do this and you can experience this. And it's right there.
2: I've been really riding on the idea that women just need to be more selfish, that women have been hearing stories about travel. By men who've been allowed, like, they, we're the first generation to be able to travel pretty much independently. And the world is still, like, not ready for it. But women have only been hearing stories about traveling through their husbands. And they're just, like, standing there listening to these stories, like, making soup. And I think, yeah, that, right.
0: Like, now let's get away from the stove and I, let's do it. Exactly. Like, I
2: think women need to be more selfish so if you want to check out my podcast i will be coming out with my second season in the fall it's strangers abroad podcast you can find it on itunes you can check me out on instagram twitter and facebook yay and if you have any stories about times that strangers helped you please email me
0: Perfect. Okay. Well, I will chat with you in like a month in person. Sounds It'll be love
2: it. I'm so excited. Right. It was Thank lovely with so both of you. Yes. You Thank too. You. Have a good rest of your day. You too. Bye. Talk to you later.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks so much to Adrienne for coming on the podcast. Hopefully that you guys feel a little bit inspired to go out and travel, maybe do your own solo trip. I'm sure if you have any questions, she would be happy to help answer them. I know that I'm feeling really inspired with my year of travel. Me and Cody are doing a lot more travel this year and talking with Adrienne just really inspired me to keep pursuing that goal
1: definitely. So thanks again for coming on. And just a reminder
0: that we do have a Patreon account that you guys can sign up for over on patreon.com slash findingyourshinepodcast. You can donate to the podcast as little as $2 up to, I think the highest is 25. Um, and with those donations, you get cool swag. We have stickers, we have tank tops, Um, We also are going to be doing exclusive giveaways and discounts to all of our patrons. So if you head on over to patreon.com,
1: you can check what you get in each tier. And we hope that you'll support the podcast in this way. It's a really cool way to get involved um, and get stuff in return too. So all of your support really warms our
0: heart and it helps us keep this podcast running and getting more awesome guests and more awesome sponsors. See you guys next week.